You are walking with footsteps in educational ministry. Welcome to the podcast. Each episode is aimed at discussion and encouragement of Christian ministry education. From academics to extracurriculars and from spiritual discipleship to family ministry. We hope you find today's topic meaningful. Welcome to today's broadcast. I'm sitting here with Julie Desaw, who oversees the lower school at Lake Point Academy, and I'm Lewis Lemon. Julie, we might as well address the elephant virus in the room. We are recording this particular uh, topic during the time that, sadly, the academy is closed as a campus, while everyone is home um, during the social distancing practiced around our country. We are praying for the various areas that are hit a lot harder than ours, and there's certainly concern and fear in the Carolinas. So let's address that. This is not an easy time, and yet it's an essential time to reach out to families, don't you think? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think one thing we really want to try to communicate to families right away is uh, it's going to be okay. We are three-fourths the way through the year, and um, we just want to breathe um, peace to our families today. I think that's one of the things to immediately recognize is that uh, there's all kinds of different personalities out there, and if we have you know, a couple of hundred families, they're going to respond in a couple of hundred different ways with some patterns that are in common, I'm sure. But we've seen some people who are taking it more lighthearted, other people are taking it an easy faith, and then there's people who are just plain scared. And I think that message is what people need to hear. This is going to be okay. We can do this. Right. And we're in the same boat with um, schools and students and families all across our nation. So we're all doing this together. That is true. This is something that every school and its teachers are really doing well, I think. I think most of the schools and teachers are responding according to their own culture and, um, and supporting best they can. Now, the trick is everybody has gone home, and that is not normal for a lot of families. Can you explain how that might put some pressure? It sounds easy. Everybody go home. <laughs> right. Certainly, it's not been an easy transition for everyone we have tried to be very mindful of that over the last couple of weeks that we've been out of school. Uh, dads are suddenly working from home, which is unusual. Um, we have You have all of your students, uh, elementary and secondary home, on the exact same days, which is unusual, and it's just added a layer of chaos maybe a little bit. And so we've tried to be very mindful in picking what are the best practices, the best skills that need to just be practiced over and over and and try to reduce the volume uh, just to, to breathe some life into the school day at home. I think the quantity or the volume, as you said, is very important because when there is stress, we have to reduce some of the volume or it's going to literally fill a person's life. And we have to make allowance for the change. Uh, it is a little bit of a shock to the system, and Americans tend to be very compartmentalized. Uh, the child will be in school between the hours of 8 and 3. We will go to the dentist at 3.15. We have basketball practice at 3.49. Dinner will be at the drive through <laughs> at 7.02. And we, we run our lives like that, and then suddenly everybody is at home, no place to go because there's no toilet paper or eggs in the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, there's no place to go. And it, it does put a certain stress, particularly on the mom, I would think. 
Right. I'm a mom who works here, but also have my own students here. And there was definitely a transition time that was that was necessary to get onto this new kind of schedule. Right. And so when we come back from the break for Easter, uh, we enter another uh, transition period, transitioning toward the end of the year. And I like what you said. We've already done three quarters of the year. We've done it well. Students have learned and we can continue to leverage that. It does make for uh, a couple of interesting things in the mind of a teacher. Uh, most teachers want to cover all the material they had planned. <laughs> they like their plans. Most teachers want to have assessments to prove that the students have learned. And we're going to have to handle those just a little bit differently toward the end, don't you think? Yes. And I know I can speak from the elementary side. We've spent a lot of time talking about what are the most important things that our students need to know that we need to know that they know moving forward into the next grade um, and we just hope that parents can just trust us and just let go of the normal and trust us that we are giving you um, just a good baseline of this this is what we need to cover this is what we need to assess where you have resources or time or energy, you can go above and beyond those things, but we've set a clear baseline. Right. And it's a case of, you know, you can only have 10 things out of your house. One would hope that you would go through the front door and pick out those 10 things that were most valuable and meaningful to the family. And that's the kind of situation we're in now, having to let go of some of the things that we would normally want to cover well or to assess, and you know, just like every other school in the country, we're going to have to focus on the priorities, and that can be really hard. I will give an example, and that is, you know, the person who's come to give a particular speech for an organization, and they're told 10 minutes before they're going to speak, that instead of speaking for 20 minutes, they're going to speak for 10. Uh, it's very difficult when you've prepared something to make that kind of a cut. It can be very uh, disconcerting to do something like that. And we've got some good teachers. It feels very hard to pick and choose, but it's something that we're spending a lot of time working through. And of course, it's no picnic on the home front either. Um, I, I've heard you share some of the stories with us about some of the good things that are happening. Yes, it's been delightful to hear stories and receive pictures from families who are sharing with us that as their schedule has lightened up and they don't have to rush out the door to swim and dance and baseball and those sorts of things. They have all this extra time. They're taking that time to um, maybe go practice their spelling words out on the sidewalk with chalk. Or uh, now that they have a big brother and, and little brother home on the same days that, that those kids are engaging in some academic games together that, that some of our teachers have provided as optional assignments. And they get to play those together because they're not usually home, but now they're home. And so they are finding some silver lining and some beautiful moments. Um, everybody getting to be around the table, maybe even with dad doing a devotion first thing in the morning that doesn't normally get to happen. So we've definitely heard some really sweet stories come out of this time. It really is a change in lifestyle. I recall after 9-11, the complete silence um, where there were no airplanes flying, and our home is in the early morning flight path to the local airport, and it just being so quiet. And now, instead of that type of quiet, what we have is like calendar schedule quiet. You know, as you said, all the rec sports leagues have been canceled. 
everybody's making an adjustment and people are, are staying home. So there are some good things happening. Absolutely. It was really funny last night. Um, I have three middle school boys and we were all outside, you know, riding bikes and talking and uh, playing basketball actually till about nine o'clock last night. <laughs> and one of my kids looked at me and they were like, mom, I don't know the last time you had energy to be outside playing basketball at nine o'clock, to which I said, of course, because I've been busy running you all over to your sports schedules and things like that. So um, now I'm very well rested and we can play. But I've told them many times that these last three weeks have felt more like my childhood uh, because we did sit down to dinner every night and we didn't have a schedule full of extracurriculars. And um, it's for me, it's been refreshing. Well, I know at our house, we've done more bicycle riding and fishing <laughs> in the past three weeks than we probably did all last year. And so there are good things going on. You know, one thing I would encourage um, our listeners to consider is to not participate in what I would call the negative humor about being, you know, stuck or trapped or chained to the family or the kids are driving me crazy or whatever. But to remember that uh, if and since children are a blessing from the Lord, even though in the moment it is awful and we're being tested, that we ought to be looking for that silver lining mm -hmm. and to be grateful for that aspect. And I don't say that to diminish any of the hardships and the grief that Americans and other people worldwide are feeling right now. This is a serious disease. But for those people who are kind of hunkered down mm -hmm. just to uh, contain the spread of it, there, there is a silver lining. Yes. Anything in particular you're encouraging your teachers uh, to be doing in, um, in, in helping to maintain the family relationship at home as it pertains to the learning? Yes. Uh, so many of our teachers have already started reaching out to their students through some online platforms or just through a phone call or a quick email um, just to check in and see how things are going. Some of our teachers have had the opportunity to see their students' faces via online platforms, and that's been really sweet and encouraging to the children, encouraging to the parents, and I think encouraging to our teachers as well. I think it is important because what they normally do quite naturally when the children come running in in the morning and interacting with them close by, now that all, all has changed and they have to interact you know, via the internet and there's this kind of barrier there that they have to press through. It's not the same uh, as being face-to-face, -face, but I do think we live in such a unique and special time that we can still see the faces through technology without any prompting on our behalf, we've seen families even start to connect on their own and do like um, online games. They're practicing uh, phonograms or math facts or that sort of thing. And they're um, connecting their families just kind of organically because their kids miss each other. Well, it's our hope that uh, even though it seems a little strange to have a break, we've been away from the campus uh, three weeks now for the families we will take off the week of Easter, and at least the parents, uh, especially the moms, will have that break from the planning. Teachers will have that break from the lesson planning. And then we come back, and hopefully that will be a good uh, finish the year new normal. I think so. We're, we're working hard to get prepared for those last few weeks, and I think it's going to be good. And, and I really hope the message uh, you guys hear today is rest, be content. Uh, in the season that we find ourselves, and just know that it's it's going to be okay, and we're going to finish strong. Are you proud of your teachers? 
Absolutely. 100%. Are you proud of your parents and your students? Yes. Yeah, so hear that message. We are proud of you. We will keep on sailing, and we will finish the year well. That's it for this podcast episode. We look forward to hearing you join us again next time. You've been walking with Footsteps in Educational Ministry. We hope it's been helpful. We welcome your comments, your questions, and your suggestions. For more information, visit the podcast webpage at lakepointacademy.com.